folks we are back with another edition of the red and white members podcast and as you know we keep them short keep the intro short want to get right to it will um a couple things have happened over the last few days uh, one being dave dorn's name getting floated to virginia tech that job even though they filled it with the penn state defensive coordinator that is 100 nothing but dave's agent trying to get dave paid did they hire that coordinator? Yeah, they hired Brent Pry from Penn State. <sighs> My Hokies, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess he's a good recruiter in that area, and that's what they went for. I don't know if that's a good hire or not, but there was t- never any threat of Dave yeah. going to Virginia Tech. I 100% think he wants – he just wants to get paid. Everybody else is getting extensions. Um, you know, they're getting up crazy ridiculous deals and you know had an article this morning kind of broke down uh dave's money so to speak he got an extension of the race of 250k last after last season he earns a hundred thousand dollar bonus for winning nine games this year he's got some other bonuses as well including twenty five thousand for playing in a bowl game fifty thousand for a bowl win the bowl win would be would give us 10 wins. So Doran would see $150,000 from that. And then another 50,000 if his team finishes in the top 25 of the, the college football playoff rankings, which probably pretty close. Good chance. Doesn't hurt having your AD on that committee. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, So he's going to get paid. Yeah. And all that noise is, is he's going to get, he's trying to get his agents trying to get him paid and get extension. I imagine he'll get somewhat of an extension with the caveats that a lot of it's going to go to staff and things like that. You know, he might get another year. I don't know if he'll get an extension, but he'll get a raise of some sort. What's just his because total, what's his base? Do they have that on there? Uh, his base, I think, is up to 3.5 or 2.7. 3.5, I think, is the number. It's not okay. on there, but uh, it's somewhere in that range. He's not getting paid a lot when you consider Hugh Freeze at Liberty's getting $6 million now, essentially. Yeah, but that's, I mean, look, you're, you're funding. <laughs> you can't beat religion, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right? uh, like, that's that's a... That's a unique scenario there. And I don't think Hugh Freeze is actually worth that money, if you want my honest opinion. Um, we'll see. The the stuff about Dave, though, people always re- reference, you know, Dave's not leaving, Dave's not leaving. I don't think Dave's leaving. But they mentioned the Tennessee gig. I'm not sure how many people know that Dave was a lot closer to going to Ole Miss than he was to Tennessee. And that was, I forgot which year that was. But Matt Luke was named the interim coach and ended up winning the Egg Bowl. And they kept him. And that essentially, they kept him at the last minute, but Dave was all ready to go to Ole Miss. So. Dave uh, that was doesn't strike ago. me as the kind of guy that wants to go to the SEC. Lincoln Riley doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that wants to go to the SEC. Right. Uh, Brian Kelly is drunk on power. He'll totally do it. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is, like, I could actually see him going to a VT, but they would have to pay him so much money to 
make that kind of interconference right higher that it never made any sense to me he'd be a great fit up there i think he would like blacksburg but um i mean i know virginia tech they weren't going to pay him like five million dollars and i think you'd have to pay dave doran a lot of money to overcome the stigma of moving interconference like that i guess well, Dave wants it, it, Dave wants more. I don't think Dave wants to do another rebuild. So yeah. I think his next job will be at a stable place. Yes. If his you know if if he leaves here, his next job will be at a stable place. I would assume somewhere in the Midwest where he's going to get his payday. I don't think he's a guy you're going to see coaching until he's seventy. I think he's going to work out one more contract, so to speak. You know, whatever it's if it's here or there, another five, ten years, and then hang it up and go fishing. I think that's a very realistic oppor- uh, outlook for Dave. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, he seems to like it. I mean, I don't get the I don't get the sense from Dave that like being a coach is really weighing on him. But at the same time, that's why I, same reason I don't see him ever going to like an SEC. I don't. Big Ten makes sense culturally or whatever financially but at the same time like man i just think once you live in a nice place you don't go back and live in a shitty place and i'm sorry but the midwest outside of a few spots isn't that nice to live in and you know i just think that's a hard sell to your wife and others unless there's like an immediate family need to be out there so that's why I thought if he went anywhere this cycle, it would be like a place like Washington where it's still a really nice place to live. They're serious about football. They're not going to rec- make you recruit in the, the muck like you have to in the SEC. Like, So I, th- yeah. I think there's far fewer programs that he would actually go to. I mean, unless it's like Wisconsin, I just don't see the draw. Because, I mean, Ohio State or someone like that's not never going to reach out to him. Yeah, um, and we know that he was looking around – and looking for this year to probably cash in one way or another, whether that was staying here or leaving. But given the amount of money other schools are throwing around, that probably would have been elsewhere, you know, having a big year. But none of the jobs in this cycle, surprisingly, were what you would say, what you would call Dave Dorn fits, right? Yeah. And so I'm not surprised that he didn't get mentioned with a lot of these jobs. It is interesting, though, that when you see these lists and whatnot, (laughs) like coordinators get mentioned and, um, you know, things like that. And then a guy like Dave who's established a program, a foundation, you know, has built stability that a lot of schools don't have doesn't get that doesn't get mentioned. I always find that interesting. It can be for a variety of reasons. But, yeah. The Notre Dame posting, right? Like, that that's the one that, like, confused me. Like, when I saw the list of candidates for that, and, like, of course, like, Dave Clawson gets thrown out there again. Great job by his agent. But Notre Dame is actually, like, a place where he fits. Um, it's a no-nonsense environment. You know that there's standards that you have to live up to. I think if you put him there, he could easily – I'm not saying he's going to just maintain what Brian Kelly or anyone's doing there, but I think he could make that work. So it always just – I don't know. It's just weird that, you know, he he has a high probability – well, I guess it depends on who we get in the bowl. But there's a, lot, there's a good chance he will win 10 wins this year. 
based on the people coming back, there's a good chance he could win 10 wins next year. Like, I am shocked that that's not getting any eyeballs nationally for some of these jobs. Like, you know, maybe it's just the unlucky nature of that first year he had and the 2019 season that kind of makes it look like he's like an erratic program. But, I mean, you take those two years out and it looks very obvious that he's built something that's a is not a seven-win program. I think one of the... And this is just my speculation. One of the things that gets held against him or what other schools hold in high regard is recruiting and pulling in top classes and things like that. Like that's what they always mention with these jobs outside of guys like Dave Clawson, who gets on every one of these lists because he's friends with certain media guys. And I know certain media guys don't like Dave. So there's probably a little bit of correlation there, but it's always, you know, can he recruit at this level at this place? Well, and I think most of these schools probably recruit for themselves. Yeah. But it, it is a valid question. Like we we all say here that Dave needs to level up the recruiting a little bit. So, you know, getting into that top twenty five recruiting class more consistently. And I think doing that would get you more attention. That's just my take on that. Yeah. I mean we'll probably talk about it all off season, especially as we get to signing day, but I mean Yeah. He's got He's going to have a tough time having a nice class when he's only got like 12 commits and you've got um, squirrely ranking adjustments that happen to guys that yeah, are four stars yeah. and now they're three stars, right? So like this year in particular is like one of those where you look at his ra- his ranking and it looks awful according to like what we're seeing, right? But I don't know. I mean, I like pretty much every guy he's got on his board. Um, there's, I'm not saying I wouldn't want two or three better guys, but I think there's... There's some under-ranking going on right now with, with Dave's players in particular that I don't quite understand. Yeah. Um, Speaking of recruiting and whatnot, the transfer portal is heating up, and I teased it yesterday that NC State should be getting some good news from the portal. And I think it's true. Uh, it's something it, it, not surprising to those who have been paying attention. We've mentioned him quite a few, but Travion Cooley has removed – most of the mentions of Louisville from his profile is going to enter the portal. Kid from Wake County, by all accounts, wants to come to NC State. And NC State was planning on accepting Cooley. From what I was told, it's funny because I, I hear stuff from uh, other folks, maybe outside of the program. And then I talk to people at our side and I get like different information. So... The Louisville folks, Louisville's going to have a mass, mass exodus. That place is a mess. They're saying that like guys like Cunningham are threatening to leave if Scott Satterfield's still the coach. They just lost their best wide receiver who's supposed to transfer to Kentucky of all places. So imagine Porter Rooks transferring to Carolina and the meltdown that would ensue there. You know, that is very uh, similar. Or Mecca Mezzi leaving to go to Carolina. You know, that just... Uh, it just wouldn't it wouldn't fly that would indicate some things are really bad but conversely with NC State is that things are so good we don't supposedly have the space i think we're about 10 over and you have guys like bam who they were thinking are going to the NFL but now are reconsidering given the amount of 
guys coming back, you know, Isaiah Morrissey's coming back, Durden's coming back, and like the momentum of, hey, running it back, let's do this again. We got to, you know, bring everybody back, all these things. All that is, all that is real. And that is impacting where we go with the transfer portal. So Louisville's, Louisville's side is saying, hey, y'all are getting a really good running back. And our side is like, well, I don't know if we can take him, which to me seems crazy. But that's where things stand at the moment. I was kind of surprised, and I don't know about you, that State is still holding the spot for Bennett Galloway, the running back from South Carolina who got in some legal trouble. And I'm guessing State's, you know, State's well-connected with that program down there, so they probably know things that we don't. But there seems to be holding that spot. And then I assume Cooley was going to be Bam's spot. If Bam comes back, then I don't know what happens there. I mean, what do you think about that situation? Um, yeah, I mean, the Galloway thing is, like, is the weirdest part. Um, I mean, there's been, like, no news out of that yeah. since, since it was reported. Um, I will say this. If that kid comes out and doesn't get charged or his charges get dropped or whatever – He's going to have, like, one hell of a defamation lawsuit. Um, yeah, that's crazy. On, I mean, but I just feel like in these cases, you always kind of trend towards the uh, more likely based on the smoke kind of thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe the reason, maybe what would happen is if we can work out the numbers on the roster so that we can take Cooley You'd see Cooley announce that he's transferring here. You'd see Galloway. I don't think – I don't know if he was planning on signing early anyways, but maybe it's something where they say, um, we're going to let this play out until February and then – or January, and if there's nothing there, like, we're just going to have to pull the offer. Um, you know. my, my thought is – You can take Cooley and then Galloway would be the variable, right? Because you know, you kind of know what Cooley can do, right? The guy you recruited before, a four-star running back, like you're very familiar with him. He's got he's got film, ACC game film. Like it's almost I'm not saying it's a sure thing that he'll be successful, but it's a sure thing that he's a good player and he wants to come to your school. Passing up on him if they do, based on the chance that they that Galloway gets off, and I mean that's really trusting your evaluation yeah. of Galloway. If you like him that much, I always just think you would. I, I would take Cooley, and then figure out what you know. Bennett's Gall- Bennett Galloway system. Or, uh, situation is in the spring the spring signing period and all that right i mean that's... but do you think there's some risk with cooley that okay he like wants to transfer his social media posting is um erratic <laughs> at, yeah. at best uh, the best way to put it um you know <laughs> I, I i don't think so because they fsu said the same thing about durden last year and he's uh, yeah done i know i know but bought in I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about that, but sometimes it's like, I don't know, was Durden, I, Durden I didn't think was like flirting for years <laughs> or over a year of like 
kind of posting he wants to leave, then be like posting yeah. weird team first messages. Then you know, so I don't know what. Who knows what's going on, man? Louisville seems like a messed up area situation right now. But Very. I guess one of the things, the only thing I could be thinking is they've seen Galloway a lot in person as well. Maybe they really think he's got the opportunity to be a special back and maybe yeah. that's I, I don't know man because like i think in any other situation most schools you'd be like we're just gonna walk away from this situation and like i said maybe it'll play itself out naturally maybe they're trying to give galloway um exit room i mean if we take cooley i think it seems kind of obvious um i don't know i don't know if that says more about bam than or what bam's doing than but then well, Galloway, but Galloway is definitely impacting, yeah. you know, the numbers and whatnot. Let, I, let's think about it like this, right? The if if Person and Bam are gone, you are left with Mims, Sumo, and Allen currently, right? Am I missing anyone? I mean, I'm not going to put Penix in there because I, I don't think he's ever going to be a running back. Sumo is the uh, one everyone talks about, right? Allen. Is coming off of an injury, but looks like he's recovered at this point. So, I don't know. Who's the guy you want? I would want Cooley in that situation. So, maybe you're right. Maybe it's just all hinging on Bam. But, I don't know, man. I, I If Mims left, like, I wouldn't be sad. You know what I mean? Like, if, if we brought in another right. running back and it's, oh, well, now the room's crowded. Someone's going to leave. Well, my guess is it's not going to be sumo because they talk about sumo all the time. So maybe Mims is going to get jumped naturally and, and he'll leave. I mean, I, I think that's I think what you're going to see is probably in bowl prep, um, a lot of shakeup is going to happen on the depth chart to maybe uh, incentivize guys to leave because I don't know how else you clear out enough space for the signing right. class, right? I think um, you said it beforehand. Let's. Uh... Maybe not have a hundred tight ends. Well, I I I never understood bringing in the Seabro twins. I unless you were expecting one to be a wide receiver and one to be a tight end. There's seven tight ends on the roster right now. Um, I'm not sure if Cam Walker's played this year, but you've got Parham, Walker, um, Tootle, right? Is, is, I think he's still listed as a tight end. Correct. Right, Udo, who I've heard some positive rumblings about. And then the Sebras. And then I think you've got Jane on there, who, boy, talk about a guy that had, like, everyone was talking in the preseason camp, this Jane guy, this guy could be a difference yeah. maker at tight end. And I don't <laughs> – shit, I think I drafted him in our little fantasy league. Um, I don't think he ever played at all. He got eight, um, eight snaps, one USF, three against Furman, and four against BC. Yeah. And then special teams. Maybe this is another pod, but – I have a question. Can we like not tell like ten guys on the team that they're walk-ons now, and the, in you know the Wolfpack Club, the NIL group, whatever we want to form ourselves out like, we'll find a way through boosters to fund their scholarships. Yeah, because like I would I think, think so. Like State just picked up um, a preferred walk-on. It kind of went under the radar. We talked about it in the pod chat the other day. The uh, a kid from his dad was a defensive tackle at Wake Forest. He's a big kid. Film looks really good. Uh, got hurt his senior year, but State brought him in as a preferred walk-on, and essentially told his dad that, 
you know, we don't, we have, our numbers are, are tight right now. And he said, if anybody tells you their numbers are not, then they're lying to you, right? Our numbers are a mess. We need to, you know, make room. And this is why we can't offer scholarships right now, because we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with our numbers. And I thought that was interesting. At least they were, you know, they're very honest with it. I expect nothing less from Dave and his staff, but that is the conversation that Dave is having with recruits. That's what his dad had said, you know, and that's, and they said, all right, we, you know, appreciate it. And he's coming in as a preferred walk-on very kid that very well could be, uh, you know, starting offensive lineman in a couple of years. So many yeah. recovers and whatever he's got all the, he's got all the traits about it, you know? I mean, the, the reality is, is the NC, I mean, NCAA is such a stupid organization in the first place, but yeah. why, why do we have this 85 limit? Why can't it be 90? Why can't it be 95? I think the quality yeah. of football this year has been so much better because not just because you have older bodies, but because you have depth. Like if, if this year had happened with our seven injuries on defense in the past, I don't know if we would have been nearly as good. No chance. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's foolish to like, whatever. All these these schools are dropping millions and millions and millions to fire coaches and hire coaches. I think you can find scholarship money for five athletes. And <laughs> right, yeah, you know, I think there's something going through. Maybe it's already passed, but I thought someone had mentioned that um, out of state student tuition was going to be considered in state tuition or something. I can't. Something was going on that might free up money for um, uh, the, for athletes from out of state. Right. Um, as far as like the Wolfpack Club is concerned, and like that'll reduce a burden on a lot of, or at least in North Carolina, it would reduce a lot of burden on those booster clubs, or you know, as far as supporting that. But I don't know. Um, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be real interesting. Either you're gonna jettison ten guys that you liked, but you know, you just I don't know. I, I was just talking to my boss, and I phrased it like this. Would you rather have 10 guys that are veterans that are possibly going to help you win a division title next year? Or do you want 10 young guys that you hope pan out, but understand that 25% of every class like never makes it to, to senior year anyways? Yeah. And I think that is the, the mindset, right? They want, we've only got what 12 commits in this next class and you know, they're looking at portal guys. I think that is, the, the right way for us to be doing this thing. You can get impact guys like Fagan and Darden rejects from big name programs that are come in and have a real impact here and have a real chance to, to grow. And that's why I'm, I mean, I, I'm finding a way to take Travion Cooley. If that means I'm booting out Jalen Coit or, you know, one of the 30 uh, wide receivers on the roster, you know, so be it. I mean, does Jalen Tate really need a scholarship? Like, I don't know. You know, I mean, I know you had to get him because you wanted to bring in Trevally. Right. Right. Like, there's just going to be some guys where you're just like, man, I hate to do this. But, like, someone's got to go. And we're trying to win now. And we'll, right. like, help you land in the right spot. We'll do everything we can. You know, like, it's going to suck. You know. Agreed. Yeah. So that's where, you know, that's the situation where we're at right now with, yeah, uh, transfers and portals. That's what I was referencing yesterday. Uh, that is supposed to happen or was supposed to happen soon. I I don't know what is going to happen with with it in the near term, given given the number situation. But yeah, I don't think Louisville is going to be the last school to implode. I think you'll see a lot more here soon. 
coaches leaving, you know, players not happy. If you don't have that strong culture, there's a reason that NC State doesn't have any guys in the portal yet. I 100% think they will. I know they will. But, you know, you have you have a good problem when you have all your guys wanting to come back. Like, it's something they did not expect, in my opinion. I think that is something that it's hard to it's hard to plan for. So I think Bam ends up going pro. I think he just got a well, I know he got a top 100 PFF draft evaluation, the number 90 prospect. So I mean, that's that puts you like third, fourth round. Yeah. You got to go. You got to like, go at that point. I know. You got to go make money. Yeah. Like running backs in particular, you have the lowest shortest shelf life in the NFL. Yeah. They, you are a commodity now. Just go get your money. I know you want to be here and be in part of something special, but like, it's not that hard. Go be a pro. Yeah. Please. I agree. <laughs> you know, but the, on the flip side, Ricky Parson leaving. Bam Knight comes back. The feature back, you know, in theory. And then he can, you know, maybe – increases draft stock but my thinking is state never runs feature backs right we're always splitting loads so they'll they'll find somebody to split the load with next year whether it's sumo or mims or houston or cooley or whoever else well he doesn't even want to be the lead back like all those articles preseason were him and ricky saying like the best part of having the other back is we both get to split the load and they both yeah. said they wanted to load manage their way to the NFL. Like they say that, and I wonder how much of that is repeating coaches' talking points. When uh, reality, if you're an elite athlete, you want the ball all the time. Well, I, look at it like this, opinion. right? Like if I was one of them, I'd say Saquon Barkley, CMC, those guys were like run to death, and yeah. now they're like complete no. I mean, they're practically turning into nobodies in right. the NFL, right? Right. Like I think a lot of running backs have all of a sudden realized, like, mm, yeah, fifteen snaps—that's pretty good, or fifteen carries, pretty good. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and I'd also say too, like, if someone says, "Hey, Bam, the problem with you is your pass protection sucks," blah blah blah. You telling me that the NFL doesn't have running back coaches that think that they can teach you how to do pass protection? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's the most arrogant league in the world. I'm sure they think they've got someone who can fix you. <laughs> Yes, that's why they always draft, you know, quarterbacks, right? And they, even flawed quarterbacks, where they say, you know, we can fix them. And, like, no, you can't. They, but anyway. Um, oh, my God, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. I was just thinking about him yesterday. Uh, Jalen McClendon was sniffing NFL rosters. That okay? still blows my mind. Still I mean, blows my mind. again, like, when you've got all the tools except for, like, just the ability to put them together in a game. Some NFL guru will say, I can make that guy work. Just let me, let's get, let's get him in camp and see. And, uh, yeah. I mean, that's like the prime example. I wish it had worked yeah. for him, by the way. Like he's, I, I, sometimes I wonder what would have happened if Finley hadn't come. Um, yeah. But, uh, anyways. Yeah. All right, folks, that's all we got. Wanted to keep it shorter and, you know, let you know what's happening, but that is what, that's what we're hearing. There's, there's some other things we'll talk about in a future episode, but right now the focus is on bowl game, coaches, and the transfer portal.
But as always, thanks for supporting the pod. Thanks for listening. Go pack. Go pack. I was raised by the wolves.